God's time. And uh, uh, I've been really preparing for this, and, and the Lord has been speaking to me uh, in this particular series a lot of things about the Holy Spirit. This is part 21. Uh, so for our guests that just came, uh, this is part 21 of a series that we've been teaching on the Holy Spirit. Uh, but today I believe we'll have a good time. All right. Let me pray and start. Ephesians chapter 4, take it out, your Bible's there, Ephesians chapter 4, I'll be beginning from verse 17, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day that you've given us. We rejoice in it because it is the day that you have made. Lord, we are grateful uh, for this opportunity to live this day. Millions around the world didn't have the opportunity to wake up this morning. And Lord, I pray that as I share the word that you've given me, just as a messenger, just as a delivery boy, that you will take your sovereign word, your word that has power, your word that can penetrate into the hardest of hearts, and I pray that you would speak to every single one of us so that we may walk out of this room equipped and ready to, ha to face the week that's ahead of us with the equipping of your word. Bless the time that we're going to have. I silence every spiritual authority that is in the heavenly realms that is going to bring about distraction so we don't hear God's word in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Uh, let's go to God's word. So I remember I started off reading this particular passage last week. This is a continuation from that message. So let me just read uh, the, the message, um, the idea that I want to highlight today. I'm going to go off to another path, but let me just quickly read it so we can catch up with our thinking from last week. Verse 17 to 24, Ephesians. I'm so sorry, I forgot to give uh, Rodas the scriptures, but, um, but I'll read it from here. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. There's an urgency tone when Paul is saying this to the Ephesus church, that you must no longer live as Gentiles do. So last week, remember, we talked about how there's a big difference from the former life that we had apart from Christ to the new life that we have in Christ. And he said, in the futility of their thinking, I broke that down, how our life was before we had Christ in our life. He said, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of the heart. So the main cause is the hardening of the heart, which caused the darkness in their understanding and, and also their perception of who God is. And they were separated from the life of God. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. So all of us were in that position. When we're separated from Christ, our lives were filled with so much filth, and we didn't see anything wrong with it. But when we are in Christ, there's a, there's a big difference that He has made in our life. That, however, is not the way of life that you learned. Notice the word learned. When you heard, notice the word heard, about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to the former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires and to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So let's stop there. Uh, I'm just gonna share with you a brief uh, remarks before I go into this text. So I want you to know that we're already a new creation in Christ. Amen? 
When Paul says to put off as he's speaking to Christians, it's not about as Christians working to be a new creation. Rather, because we are a new creation, we live in a certain way. Amen? So, the, the, so us being a new creation in Christ was his work. And what we did was, by faith, we received the finished work of Christ. But there is an old system that we have been living by that needs to be renewed. So remember, we were positionally right before God. In other words, the judge has, has made his verdict and his decision, and he has acquitted us for our sins that deserve the death penalty. I really want to lay something in your heart this afternoon. We're all made acquitted by the judge. Not because we proved our case to be innocent, but because there was another mediator that stepped in the gap and said, no, I will take the place of this guilty sinner. How many are glad for the grace and the salvation that is in Christ? Did you know that we were on death row awaiting the death sentence? Did you know that was your condition before Christ? You were literally on death row. I saw a documentary on people that are on death row in the U.S., and, and the, the documentary is, a, is an interview of their life. Every day they wake up not knowing this day could be the day that I die. So death literally is holding them in fear. They're literally, every day they wake up, they don't know this could be the day that I'm called and I go into that room and the injection goes into my vein and my last day into the earth. They don't tell them the day, but they're waiting death row. Did you know that we were controlled by the fear of death? That's why when Christ died for you and I, he, he took the power of death and death has no more grip in our life. We were once fearful of death, but now Jesus stepped in. He took our place on death row. He, he was injected with the venom, with the poison of sin in his life. And he became sin for us, the Bible says. And he took our place on that ragged old tree. So the years we were held in captivity has messed up the way we think, act and feel. When you are in prison, when you are locked up, when you are in a dark place like that, you're confined, you're limited, it changes your perception. It changes the way you think. It changes the way you look and uh, you look at the world and it changes the way you feel. But once we were set free, we now have to take off the prison clothes. That's the idea. We, we were waiting death row. We were in prison uniform, eating prison food. Uh, uh, our worldview is only limited to the confinement of that room. But when Christ has set us free, he took the place on death row. We became free. Now we're outside of the prison grounds, and we have to learn how to live this life that now we have in Christ. In theological terms, it's called sanctification. We are justi Justification is we are made right before a holy God by faith and faith alone. But now that we are set free, how do we live out this new life that we have in Christ? So we have to take off the prison clothes. That's literally the word that Paul is using in this particular passage. Take off. Take off. It's, it's, the term is used uh, as someone changing uh, the pair of clothing. So every day as we make a decision what clothes that we are to wear, we need to get up every morning and make a decision today. I am whatever comes my way, I am going to live for Christ. I am going to live in the new way that God has given me. But the key to understanding what it means to take off the old man is found in verse 23 of Ephesians chapter 4. He said, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Sorry, that's verse 22. Verse 23, to be made new 
in the attitudes of your minds. To be made new in the attitude of your minds. So the key to putting off the old way we used to live is to be made new in the attitudes of our minds. By renewing the disposition of the mind, uh, the manner, the, the, the way that the mind is set, that is the way we live out and understand how to walk in this new person that Christ has created us to be. So it's allowing God to transform the ways we think. I read you last week, Colossians chapter 3, uh, verse, verses 8 uh, and 9, and also chapter um, verses 12 to 14. But I want to read you in context, in Colossians chapter 3, what Paul teaches us there. He said, since then, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated, at, um, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. Then he goes on to say, put off that old man. And you know the list that we shared last week. And then verse 9 to 10, he repeats the, the similar idea. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge of its uh, in the knowledge, in the image of its creator. So the idea that Paul is painting in Colossians is the same that he did in Ephesians, which is to renew the way we think. When we lived in the old way before we had Christ, there was a certain pattern of thinking that we had. What we, what we uh, understood the world that we're in, the things that we're doing, everything was based on the thinking that we had, on the, mind, on the mindset that we had. So the way we are renewed in this new life that we have is to, is to renew, the, um, to set our minds on the things above and to renew the knowledge that we have. Paul says to set their minds on things that are of God. The new self must be renewed in the image of its creator. How do we change the way we think? Today I'm really going to be blessed by this message because I was myself uh, really challenged by this but how do we change the way we think and I want you if you're taking notes right by teaching it's through teaching that we change the way we think Romans chapter 12 verse number 2 in the NLT says this do not copy the behavior and the customs of this world but let God let who come on you need to speak to me let who let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think Transformation in our life comes when we change the way we think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. The way we know the will of God for all things in our life is when we change the way we think. Transformation in our life comes when we allow God's holy word to transform our mindsets through the teaching of the Holy Spirit. The word renew here means renovation. Do you guys watch those renovation shows on Channel 94? Do you guys watch it? There was a season I was addicted to those shows, literally. Like, I'm just watching these couples, power couples. I'm like, how do they do it? They've got, like, heaps of kids, and they're still doing this. But they would go, and they would see a broken, torn-down house that has nothing. I mean, I would never invest any money in it. And they would look at the same thing that I'm looking at, and they would say, wow, we'll take this house. 
I'm like, what are you going to take? But, but they have something in their mind. They know how to make something beautiful of trash. And that's what God did with us, young adults. He, he made something beautiful out of trash. When, when he saw our life, he said, man, I know we're messed up. I know we're jacked up. And I know that we've got a lot of mess in our life. But he says, I see potential. Amen? And, and that's what literally renewing the mind means. It's renovating the old house, the old way we used to think, slowly by slowly. Have you seen the, how long it took them? You see 20 minutes or 30 minutes of the episode, that's cut, editors cut and all these things. Sometimes if you're an amateur in the business, it takes years and years to develop. But it takes time. The idea takes time. So to, to change the way we think, it takes time. That word renew means a complete change for the better. Not for worse, for the better. Amen? And the word is only repeated in Titus 3.5. And it says this in Titus 3.5. That same word that's found in Romans 12.2 is, is, is repeated in Titus 3.5. He saved us, not because of righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit. So the, the idea and the implication there is that it is the job of the Holy Spirit to bring about this renovation, to bring about this renewal. He is the one that changes, that helps us to change the way we think. Then we will learn God's will for all things in our life. Jesus spent three and a half years training these disciples and teaching them to change the way they think. He, he had to change the way they thought about leadership because they thought it was about sitting next to the, the right hand of Jesus. They thought it was about position, but Jesus constantly had to teach them, no, the Gentiles or the ones that don't know God, that's how they view leadership, but he told them, not so with you. He said, if you want to be first, you must be last. He, he literally taught them for three and a half years to change the way that they thought. He had to deal with their faulty ideas of leadership. He had to deal with their fear and unbelief, their lack of faith, their understanding of who the Messiah is, because they were waiting for a victorious Messiah. It all starts, young adults, with our mindset. Everything we have come to believe comes through teachings. So what I want to share with you today is, is, is how we have to relearn living. Amen? Because before Christ, there was a certain way that we lived. And, and that was the normal way of life. So now, through His Word, we have to relearn living. Relearn living and what it means to be victoriously living in this world. It's like, have you ever opened a Word document? And, uh, and you're writing a Word document and, uh, and you name it a certain name. And, and if you have the exact same name of that file in your computer... When you press save, what does it say? This file already exists. Would you like to replace it? Yeah, that's what it says. This is the idea. I mean, this is my own example. This is the idea that I want you to understand. You had a file, let's just say, on sex. So you had the way your view about sex, the way you understand uh, about sex before Christ was in a certain way. It was distorted. It was based on a lie, not on truth. So you had a file named sex in your brain, in your document system there. So what we do is we relearn that. And we open a new document, we name it sex. 
We name it the same name because we want to replace our idea of sex. So we, re- we learn and we fill that document through studying God's word, through faithfully engaging with the truth of his word, through studying and being faithful and diligent, through studying and being faithful and diligent, through studying and being faithful and diligent, through studying and being, I'm repeating it for a purpose, young adults, because that's what we're missing in this generation. We're, we're in a quick, get it now, I want it now generation. Let someone come, lay hands on me and my life is changed. It doesn't work like that, church. It, it, it's through our faithful study of his word. So we begin to fill that document. And when you press save in your mind, it will ask you, that file already exists. Would you like to replace that? Yes, please. That's the idea that I want to teach you today. How through teaching, we can replace the entire document about everything that we have, about every understanding about life, we need to replace it with the truth of God's word. I want to also pose in there that our old system was corrupted. The file was corrupted, filled with errors because it was based on the lies of the serpent. It's filled with errors, filled with corruption. Let's go 2 Corinthians 11, 3 to 4 in the Amplified. 2 Corinthians 11, 3 to 4. Paul said this, He's talking about the false teachers and the false apostles that are, that are attacking his ministry. You can read it in the context yourself. But he said this in his address to the church of the Corinthians. He's talking to Christians. And I need you to understand this, young adults. But I am afraid that even as the serpent beguiled Eve by his cunning or deceived by his cunning or his craftiness, your minds may be corrupted and led astray. From the simplicity, your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For you seem willing to allow it. If one comes and preaches another Jesus, who we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the one um, you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, this is what amazes me. You tolerate all this beautifully, welcoming the deception. Did you, did you get that, young adults? The greatest disaster that ever happened to mankind was not World War I. It was not World War II. It is not World War III that is about to happen, by the way, by how things are looking. That's not the greatest disaster that has happened to mankind. It is not the massacre of millions and billions and billions of people that has happened over history. It is not, it didn't happen, the greatest disaster that came, it didn't happen by an army. It didn't happen by tanks and weapons. The greatest disaster that ever encountered mankind is this, a thought. In the beginning in the garden, just a thought. Who would have thought one idea, one challenge of the truth will change the course of mankind and history forever? Who did Eve really think that her immediate action will, will, will impact all the filth that we see? What sin causes, the damage, the murder, all these things that have happened after that. Who would have thought that came about not by a, an army bringing their guns and weapons, but just a thought, a seed, an idea that was contrary to the truth. And when she ate it up, when she ate the idea, the idea is it began to, to, to change the course of humanity. Don't you dare underestimate the power of your thinking, the power of ideas, the power of teaching. 
Amen? It can change the course of our history. One erroneous thought brought sin and death into the world. And Paul is warning the church, just as she was deceived. I, I am afraid that these false teachers, they're bringing a foreign idea about the gospel, about Christ. And you're easily tolerating and accepting it. <laughs> That's what he's saying. But, he's, but my prayer is that we know the truth, the truth that can set us free. Colossians chapter 1 verse 21 in the NIV. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Paul is not saying, uh, uh, we, Paul is saying here that we're alienated and separated from God, not because of the evil behavior that we did, but because of the mindset that we have that resulted in our evil behavior. Remember, your behaviors, your action do not begin there. It begins in the mind. It begins in our ideas. It begins in our thinking. And when we're defeated there, it will have the implication of it will be in the way we behave. In other words, our behavior revealed our mindset. So I want to go three things and then we finish. Three things. So when it comes to teaching, what are the things that we need to know about the teachings that we allow in our life? I want to just say the who, the how, and, sorry, the who, the what, and the how. I just want to focus on who teaches us, what they teach us, and how they teach us. Is that all right? So the first thing is who. Where is the source of our ideas, our mindsets, our thoughts, our patterns coming from? Young adults, we're not youth now. We need to sit down and reflect and ask these questions. The ideas that I have about everything, about my life, about every situation that is in front of me, where did that come from? Where, who did I learn that from? It's a very important question that we need to ask. Who taught us this belief system? Because everything that you are now came about through teaching. You learned it. It's a learned behavior. Jesus warns to be aware of the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He said, be careful of them. He likened their teaching to yeast. He said, be careful of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And then he said, he was talking about the teaching. Yeast is used to puff up bread and to make it sour. When we understand what yeast does, it helps us to understand how this life, how this works out in our life. In a batch of dough, only a little bit of or a pinch of yeast is needed to work on the dough and to multiply in size. So the erroneous teachings that we have, you don't need a big teaching, just a little bit. A little bit of the distorted truth, like what Satan did in the beginning to Eve, just a little bit of the distortion of the truth can make us, uh, can, can make us really live in an erroneous way. In the same way, a little false teaching spreads rapidly in our life. Remember what the Bible instructs us, do not despise the day of small beginnings. I, I take that as a, as a rule for my life. I don't despise how the small things, the small things, because everything starts small. <laughs> Babies, humans, we started small. We started with a, just, you can't even see it with your naked eye. Everything starts small. The trees that we see started small. So we need to honor, we need to learn where did these ideas come from and we need to be careful who 
they came from. So Jesus was warning about the, the teachings of these Pharisees. He said, beware. We must be aware of the people who we are allowing to influence our thinking. Don't just eat up everything that you're hearing. Who is this person that is teaching me this? This opinion that I have that came and I learned it from this person, who is this person to begin with? Is this a person grounded in the truth themselves? We need to be careful in these last days. Amen? 2 Timothy 3, 10 to 15. I've got scripture for it. Paul said this to young Timothy. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, my patience, my love, my endurance, my persecutions, my sufferings, what kinds of things that happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions that I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. Because you know those from who you learned. Paul is saying the teachings that you have, Timothy, you know who you learned them from. You know my way of life. I wasn't just preaching it. I lived it. My life was bare before you. You saw I was a preacher of the truth and I lived what I preached. So continue in what I taught you, young Timothy. That's what he's saying. Amen? Come on, talk to me. Amen? (laughs) And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. In Philippians 4, 8 to 9, he repeats a similar phrase. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, worthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. There's a constant reminder that we need to be careful the source that we're getting the ideas from. These days now, we're living in the age of social media. Everyone has an idea. Everyone has a comment. Everyone has an opinion. We're not led by opinion. Amen? We're led by the truth. Amen? Even if my own opinion contradicts this, we need to be careful. We're living in an era where everyone wants to be followed. Everyone has an account. Everyone is saying, follow me. Follow me and hear what I have to say. But who are we following? Some, Some of us, we need to unfollow some people. People who are leading us to to things that are contrary to the the truth. Leading us to racism. Leading us to a lifestyle that displeases God. Leading us to fear. Leading us to, to abandoning our faith. We need to be careful who we are following. The second thing that I want to share with you is what. What is the content of what you are receiving? We hardly ask this question. All right, I heard it. I shouted amen and all these things. But what did I just receive? Is it the truth? Is what I'm receiving the truth of God's word? Did you study the scriptures yourself to test the content of the ideas that you're hearing? Is this is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Or is it truth mixed with a little bit of yeast? We have to be careful of the content of what we're receiving. Because the greatest movements that led many astray happened not because it was entirely false, but it was majority was, was true, but a little bit of false ideas mixed in that. If something comes that is completely false, 
No one is stupid to follow that. We'll all be alert to that. But the enemy is crafty, remember. He's crafty, he's sneaky. He tells you the truth mixed with the yeast, the lie. Not the whole truth. But in the courtroom, you stand, have you, have you ever been a witness? I promise to tell the whole truth <laughs> and nothing but the truth. That is what we need to focus on. The previous warning of Jesus is that we will eventually contaminate our way of thinking. 2 Peter 1, 20 to 21. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will. But prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. I need us to understand this. The word of God is not man-made ideas. When you read this particular passage above, Paul, um, Peter expounds it. These ideas that are in the word of God are not opinion. They're not opinions that people have fabricated. It is the very words of God. Come on, young adults. This is the living word of God. This is able to transform our lives. What are we allowing to listen to in our life? What are we, what teachings are we allowing to, to embrace? Because what the content that we hear has everything to do with our mindset. John 17, 17, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So my challenge for you, don't rely on Sunday's teachings. Don't rely on, on other preachers' relationship with God that they've studied. That's part of the church to equip the saints. But we all need to be faithful students of the word. Amen? How is my last point? I think this is also something that we need to think about when it comes to teaching. What method are you hearing the teachings that are coming into your life? When we say teaching, we automatically have a classroom setting where we're sitting down with a notebook and a, and a lecturer is there or a teacher is there. No. The method can be varied. How are the teachings that we're hearing coming into our life? When you hear, when, um, sorry, we are learning from everything we watch and hear. I want you to understand this. You are learning through social media. You are learning through television. You are learning through interactions and conversations that you have with people. You are learning through educators, through family, through best friends. The method to which we learn about our ideas of life, our truths that we are grounded in, happen in many different ways. You're learning from your life experiences such as pain, hurt, betrayal, anger, trauma. These things teach us certain things in our life. And if we're not careful to assess what these things teach us, the methods to which they come with in God's truth, then we can be led astray. Every idea, belief system you have now is linked to a teaching you have received through different methods. For example, your ideas about marriage could be based on what you experience seeing your own parents. So if your own parents lived in contrary to the truth, that has taught you what marriage is like. So what you have to do is you have to relearn your ideas about marriage. Does that make sense? Your ideas on relationships can be based on the experiences that you've had. So you've been hurt or you've been uh, treated in a certain way by certain people. I think I can use uh, my wife is an example here. She grew up seeing in Ethiopia a lot of mess in marriages. So her ideas about marriages was distorted. She thought marriage was in this particular way. So she was getting taught. She didn't sit in a classroom and they taught her this is what marriage is like. She just saw it. 
She saw it in, in, in every way that she saw. She saw marriage was something that she was to be fearful of. So that affected her perception, her mindset. So it had to be renewed by the truth that is in God's word. So the big idea is that the way we live in this new self that is created by God is by renewing the attitudes of our minds. Those teachings that we have about everything in life must renew with the truth that is found in God's word. Our ideas about how we treat others has to be radically transformed. The way we used to treat others before Christ, we no longer, we have to put that thinking aside. So when, when, I'm, when Paul is saying, change, put aside, get rid of that way, anger, malice, and all these things, first it starts with the ideas that you have about anger, about sexuality, about all these things. He said, change the way you think. If you're not spending time in this young adult, let me ask this question. You don't need a rhetorical question that you ask, answer for yourself. How many hours, how many minutes did you spend in this this week yourself? That's the challenge. We find it so hard. The Bible has never been so readily available. But our time that we give it, if we want transformation in our life, it happens in the Word. When we are in the Word, the Word gets in us. Amen? And it changes our perception. It changes our mindset. It changes how we look at ourselves. It changes the belief system that we have. Our practice of filthy language from our lips will be radically transformed when we take off the old way of thinking and renew it with a new way of thinking. We need to strip off our old attitudes of the love that we had in the old life. How we used to objectify the woman's bodies in the old life. How we, have to have, we used to be racist in the old life. When we are in Christ, we begin to understand his truth, his truth. The way we used to be selfish and looking after our own interest in the old life. We need to renew it to the truth of what it means to live for Christ. We need to strip off, to take off. That's what it means. Change your mindset. Last passage that I'll read and I'll finish. Get Nati to come up. That's all right. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5 in the NIV. This is very important. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Romans chapter 12, before that I shared, do not follow the patterns of this world. We're now learning the ways of the kingdom of God. The way the kingdom of God operates is contrary to the way the world operates. Every day you're being filled with your minds through Instagram, through Facebook, through all these things. You're getting fed the ideas of the world. So we don't, we don't, we're not led by those things. We need to be led by the truth that is in God's word. Let's go to the next verse. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary... They have divine power to demolish strongholds. Let's go to the next verse. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against what? Against what? The knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. That's my prayer for all of us. Because the way the Holy Spirit transforms our life is by changing the way we think. Our mindset will determine 
how we live in our life. If you want to experience the freedom that is in Christ, if you want to experience how to live in this new way, there's no shortcuts. Get into the Word. Love the Word. David constantly said in the Psalms, I love your Word. I cherish it more than anything. More than silver, more than honey, more than gold. It is more precious to me than anything. When we know who we are, you're an unstoppable force. When you know the truth about your identity, how many in our generation are destroying themselves because they perceive themselves as the world feeds them that they are? That their value system is in their degrees, is in their titles? That what, what defines them is the bank account number that they have? How many are just miserable in the world? They're one truth away from being set free. Amen? Renewing the mind. Renovating the old way we used to think. That's my prayer. That we take off the old way we used to think. The old way we used to think. The old way we used to perceive the world. That we used to view things. Take it off. Demolish those strongholds that are in our minds. I want you to close your eyes and I want to pray for you and then we'll finish. What are the strongholds that have been built up in your life? It could be through the experiences that you've had, through trauma. It could be through, through uh, what you saw growing up. It's developed a certain stronghold that is in your mind and you can't change the way you think about those things. The good news that I have for you, my friend, is that God has given us a divine weapon. Because you have to know the Word of God is not like any other book that you read. It's not just words. There's a spirit behind it. Amen? It's not just the letter. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. When He comes and, and the Bible says that when our eyes are open to the truth, when we understand when the Holy Spirit opens our eyes, then we began to know the truth. And then we live in the freedom that we have. I remember how I used to think in the old man in the old life that I had. My perception in life, my goals. Do you know your goals will change? <laughs> when you allow the word of God to transform your thinking, the goals, what you run after changes. My views of myself changed. When I knew who I am, I knew my contentment. I knew where my fulfillment is in. It's not in what others commented. It's not what others said. It is what God said. You pay money, thousands of dollars to go uni and to learn about how a certain career pathway that you want to go to works. But you have to learn it. Before you do it, you learn it. But you pay money for that. God has given us his eternal word. Many paid their life to bring us this word. Died to bring this truth, this gospel to us. And we just abandon it, we just neglect it. But the very thing that you've been looking for is right in front of you. That's his word. I want you to be a generation. I want us to be a generation that loves the word of God. That loves the word of God. That loves the truth. And allows the Holy Spirit to transform the way we think. To transform the way we think. 1 Peter 1, 13 to 14 in the NLT. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. 
But now we have the opportunity to know the truth. Father, I pray that this word will sink into our spirits, Lord. That we will understand that transformation in our life, change in our life comes through your word, Lord. Spirit of God, that we would allow you, that we would allow you to change the way we think. To change the way we think about everything in this world. That we change our goals. That we change our dreams. Not into the same things that we used to run after in the old life, Lord. But teach us. Teach us your way. Teach us your truth. This is why I'm teaching you about the Holy Spirit series. Jesus himself said, when he comes, it is better that I leave. When he comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will teach you. That's his role. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And I encourage you to allow him. How do we allow him? Give him time. Give space in your weekday to spend time in studying God's word for yourself. There's so many tools that are available. Don't neglect what has the power to set you free. In regards to teaching, remember who you hear it from, the source of it. Remember the content, what you hear. And remember the methods can come in many forms. Be careful what you hear, what you watch, the movies. You're allowing teachings into your mind. Without knowing, you're allowing ideas and opinions to be built in your mind. Father, I pray, protect us from this tactic and cunning way of the enemy. To bring a slow deception as he did to Eve. Through distorting the truth. But may we stand. May we stand on your word and on your truth. May we be a generation that experiences the life, the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. That we are living the life that we've been given. I thank you for what you're going to be doing in these coming weeks and coming years, Lord. That you'll be building disciples and not just uh, Christians that just have a name and not a life. But we'll be disciples of you, Lord Jesus. That we'll be following you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for what you're beginning to do in our hearts and in our minds. Help us to renew the way we think. With every eye closed, I just want to ask a quick question. If you're saying you're in this place and you're saying, yo, yo, you know, I've been, I'm hearing you, man. I'm hearing what you're saying and, 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 and that's something that I've been struggling with is my mind. Like, I can see the fruit of it because of my actions, but I know that it's the mindsets that I have and I need, and I need to just agree with you in prayer. Just show me your hand. Everyone, close your eyes. Just show me your hand. And after the service, we'll sit down and we'll pray together. But it, the battlefield, that's where it is. It's in the mind. If you're saying, that's me, man, and I want you to just pray with me in agreement. For God to give you strength to put off that old way of thinking. Just put your hand up quickly. Yep. Put the hand down. Anyone else, just put your hand up quickly and we'll pray together. Put your hand down. Put your hand down. 
Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you that we're going to be a generation that know your truth and that walk in the freedom of your truth. I pray that your blood covers us this coming week, that we know who we are, we know what you've already done for us, that we are free, that there's no condemnation for us who are in you, Lord, and that we can come to you to you anytime, that we have free access to you, that we don't need to go through anyone, but we can come directly to you. Bless the week that's ahead of us until we gather again. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much, guys. May God bless you, and uh, we'll see you next week.